My message that I'm bringing you today is a simple one. And the message that I bring to you is when you look at your life, your existence, your activities, I want to say that your whole life can be summed up in the phrase that you are a seed. You're a seed, you're a product of a seed. Everything that you do in life has consequences, do you know that? Not just on those around you, it, they also have spiritual consequences. You are sowing seed in everything that you say and everything that you're doing. You're a seed sower. Not only that, the seed that you sow, the type of seed, the nature of that seed, by your words and your actions, will come back and visit you someday in the future as a harvest. So if you've got good seed and you're planting seed of the kingdom, then sooner or later, you're going to get a harvest back. But let me tell you something, let me warn you. If you're sowing bad seed, seeds that's not of the kingdom, that seed will also come back and visit you sooner or later. I want to spend the first few minutes by setting the scene of the importance of the principle of seed time and harvest that we find in Scripture. Not just for the natural world, but equally important for the spiritual world. So if we could turn to Genesis chapter 8, 22. If you have your Bibles, don't mind if you don't have, I'll read it for you. We're going to see the promise, one of the promises given to Noah after the flood, the rainbow promises. And one of the promises was, was that while the earth lasted, there would always be a seed time and harvest. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. God speaking to Noah. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. What God was promising Noah was that throughout the earth, until Jesus returns, there would always be a time to sow and a time to reap. Not only would there always be seed time and harvest, but God would always make sure that the conditions were there for seed time and harvest to take place. How many of you know that if it was summer all year long, we wouldn't get a harvest? If it was winter all year long, we wouldn't get a harvest. We need the seasons. That's why as well as speaking about seed time and harvest, he promises that there will be cold and heat. You need both cold and heat for seeds to germinate and then in its turn produce a harvest. There'll be summer and winter. There'll be day and night. You need both night, darkness and light for seeds to germinate and bring a harvest. They will not cease. So not only the principles of seed time, sowing, so that you get a harvest, but also the fact that God will give conditions for the seed to one day become a harvest. We're speaking naturally there, but I'm also going to show you exactly the same principles work according to the way that you live your life, your values, your priorities, your words, and your actions. But let me track a little bit first, still introduction, to Genesis chapter 1. You know, in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, it's an amazing chapter because within Genesis 1 and 2 are the seeds of the rest of the whole Bible. 
So you can find the great themes of the Bible, God's purposes, God's plans, are all there in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. And they, they then expand themselves right through to the end. Now what I want you to notice in chapter 1 is how God emphasizes in creation, seed time and harvest, and seed uh, generating according to its kind. So for example, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 11. Then God said, let the earth produce vegetation, plants yielding seeds, and fruit trees on the earth yielding fruit after their kind with seed in them. And it was so. And the earth produced vegetation, plants yielding seed after their kind, and trees yielding fruit with seed in them after their kind. So there, I know these are simple principles, but it's going to get a little bit more powerful later. What we see, God emphasizing that he didn't just create plants, but those plants had seed-bearing properties so that they could generate and multiply according to their kind. We see the same principles with the animals in Genesis 1 and verse, well, we could do the birds, but we'll do Genesis 1, 24. Then God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and it was so. So God made the beasts of the earth according to their kind, and the livestock according to their kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. Now as I read those short passages, you might say, God's a bit repetitive, isn't he? He's repetitive because he's trying to get something through, a principle, that both animals and uh, vegetation... When they were created, they were created as bearing seed. And that seed was according to its kind. That's why an orange tree doesn't produce apples. That's why a bull and a cow will not produce a sheep. Because the way that God has created the world is that we produce according to our kind. What's in the seed produces more of what's in the seed in fruit, bearing more seed of the same kind. This is going to be important for the way that you live your life in a few minutes. And that's why when you look at the theory of evolution, which is flawed in so many ways, one of its greatest flaw is that there has never been any observable science that has seen one species turn into another species. That there's just no evidence for that at all and it's never been observed. So it runs against all the principles of good science. Uh, we've seen varieties of species. You can have many kinds of dog, but they're still dog. Dog has never, a dog and dog have never brought forth a cat. And a dog and a cat can't bring forth anything. Now, this is important because I'm establishing this. What you sow is what you will reap. In the natural world, that's what takes place. But guess what? It also takes place in the spiritual world, the personal world of daily living. Let me take you to Galatians chapter 6. Because this principle of seed time and harvest, of sowing and reaping, is a natural principle of the created order, but it's also an, a, a, a principle of life and spirituality. Now, while you're turning to Galatians um, chapter 6, verse 7, I don't want to spend much time, but I want to mention the fact that when Jesus speaks 
about the kingdom of God. And what is the kingdom of God like? It's totally different to the kingdom of men and the way that human beings do life without God. Couldn't be further apart, as we'll see. But when Jesus says, what is the kingdom of God like? What is his favourite illustration about what the kingdom of God is like? If you want to know what the kingdom of God is like, what is it like? He uses the illustration of seed. So, the sower sows the seed. Remember that? He's sowing the seed. It's the gospel, indiscriminately sowing it. Some seed falls on stony ground. Some seed falls on thorny ground. And some seed falls on good ground and produces a great harvest. Jesus says that seed is the word of the kingdom. And the ground that it falls on is your heart and my heart, and depending how our heart is to receive God. And then he speaks about the fact that the kingdom of God is like the smallest mustard seed. That when it's sown, it's invisible, you can't see it, it doesn't look like it's got any impact, it's doing nothing, it's just a little, little thing. But you know, the kingdom often starts little, but then that seed grows to be a great tree which even the birds can sit in. God loves to take the small things and then one day make them big. And we could do more of that. So Jesus' favourite illustration for what God's kingdom is like is found in a seed. And so here we find ourselves in Galatians chapter 6, the letter. And Galatians chapter 6 verse 7. Listen how we see Paul writing this letter and applying the... uh, Um, the principles of natural sowing and reaping to the way that we live our lives. Galatians chapter 6. Now listen, God is speaking to you today. Don't be deceived. God is not to be mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But... The one who sows to the Holy Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who are in the household of faith. So here we see, directly applied to your life, the principles of sowing and reaping. You are who you are today by what you have sown through your actions and your words. Some of that sowing was done many years ago and it's produced who you are for good or for bad. Often the circumstances that you find yourself in, in life or family, finances or job situation, when you look back, it's what you've sown. Maybe you've sown in tears. Maybe you've sown in laziness. But this seed time has eventually brought you a harvest. And listen, a harvest according to its kind. So in this chapter that we've just read, we have first those that live their lives as a seed without reference to God. For whatever a man sows, that, what he sows, according to its kind, he will reap sooner or later. For the one that sows to his flesh will reap corruption. They are on the one side. And then on the other side, the one who sows to the Spirit, who lives his life in relationship to God and and God's way that God has set up life, will reap too a harvest in this life and the life to come, but this will be an eternal, non-perishing 
harvest that you will reap. Two ways of living, two sowing of seeds that will eventually, according to their kind, enter back into your life. Now, this is interesting because these two ways, sowing to the flesh and sowing to the spirit, are actually reflecting back on a passage a little bit further back in the letter. Ever heard of the fruit of the spirit and the works of the flesh? Well, these two descriptions are what it means to sow your life according to the flesh, which will give you a harvest of corruption in this life and the life to come, and to sow your life into the Spirit, which will give you eternal life in this life and life to come. Let me read verse, chapter 5, verse 19. The works of the flesh. This is seed for corruptive living. Now, the works of the flesh are revealed. Which are these? Adultery. Sexual immorality, impurity, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery and manipulation, hatred, strife, jealousy, rage, selfishness, dissensions and arguments, heresies, murder, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you, as I previously warned you, that those that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So we see that in these seeds of lifestyle, attitudes, values, and words, those seeds, every word you speak is a seed. Every act you do is a seed. You say, so what? Well, that seed is affecting others around you. You're planting your words and your actions in people around you for good or for bad. What you say to your wife and how you treat your wife, that is going to bring a harvest in your life and her life. The way you treat your colleagues, the way you speak to those in your cell group. Every word you speak is a seed that carries in it ability to produce what it's saying in the lives around you, but also in your life. These seeds of corruption. And then we have the fruit of the Spirit. Notice it's the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit has seeds in The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, humility, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. You see, when we start to unpackage the fruit of the Spirit, which I won't this morning, we find that these attitudes of faithfulness, of peace to, to those around you, a sower of peace, to patience or endurance... These types of attitudes, godly attitudes, attitudes that are like Jesus, these are seeds. What you say in encouragement, what you say to build people up, are seeds in their lives that will produce a harvest. How many know what you say to your children will produce a big harvest in their lives for good or evil in the past? The time you spend with your children will produce a harvest in their lives in the future. The time you don't spend will also produce a corresponding harvest in their lives. Some of us are dealing with harvest issues in our lives that were sown by our own parents. You hear what I'm saying? By teachers that put us down. But negative words, negative actions don't only affect the person that does them, but it can also produce the harvest in other people's lives that can often be unwelcome. But think of those positive influences in your life. 
those role models, the way they treated you, the way they spoke to you, and you look at where you are now and you say, I think back to that person, and you know, I owe them a lot. Why? Because what they said, what they did, what they didn't say, and what they didn't do, which can be as equally important, what they didn't sow in my life, had a powerful effect. Well, here we're talking about the fact that God is not mocked. And if he says God is not mocked, what does that mean? It means there's a lot of God mockers out there. Think that they can sow their seed, think that their own life is, think that their life is their seed. Do you know, you, you yourself physically are a product of a seed. You wouldn't be here if your father hadn't put a seed in your mother. It's natural, it's obvious. We're all products of seeds and we're all seed bearing. But what kind of seed are you bearing? You know, it's interesting when you look at thoughts and mentalities of, of people that believe God and follow God in the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. Often the cry of the psalmist is this, Why, O Lord, do the unrighteous prosper? Why do those that hate you, or, or even worse than hate you, ignore you? don't pay any attention to you, blaspheme you, live their life as if it was their own life that they, they, that they had produced, live their life without reference to the fact that God gives them the very breath that they breathe, go and do everything that they want, spend their life, sow their life in selfish living, how come they seem to do so well? You know what I'm talking about, you can see it today, can't you? This is one of the cries, yet, yet Lord, when I'm living my life best way I can to serve you, to follow you, to make a positive impact on other people's lives, yet I seem to be going through such difficulty. Why, oh Lord? Well, this is why here in this bit about, don't, it says don't grow weary in doing good because in due season you'll produce a harvest. In other words, if you are sowing the right seed, the seeds of Jesus, the seeds of the kingdom, if you're living for God and planting his seed in this fallen world, Sooner or later, and often it's later, you will receive a reward that harvest will come and visit you. All right? Now, when we look at the ungodly in the way that they live without reference to God, if you've been around life long enough, you will find that you see hints of this in, in, in life. Suddenly you see this great star that's born, or this great business person, or this great politician... And it's like they stick their fingers up at God and everything around them and they live their life just as they want, as if they were God themselves. And they sow all these fleshly seeds that we've spoken about, selfish living, abusing others, couldn't care less about God, sowing these seeds every day and yet they seem to prosper, they seem to do well. The better they seem, the more they don't need God. But then if you hang around long enough, usually in their life, they reap a harvest, don't they? In the end, that politician, that corrupt politician, in the end, something happens in their life, their private life, or something happens in their public life, and they that were seated on thrones are right down there in the gutter. Have you ever seen that? Or the business person, or the pop star that thinks that they're more important than God himself. Sooner or later, often, not always, not in this life, but often, you'll see the person that's riding high on sowing to the flesh. Eventually, what you sow will come back on you. You hear what I'm saying? Now, let me tell you something. That, that is, when that revisits them, 
when the godly eventually get what they deserve, when their seed sown in sin comes back and hits them square in their face and their family and their finances and their public profile, when it comes back and hits them, that's just a foretaste of the harvest that they've stored up for themselves. Because that's just a taste of what they will get if they die in their sins apart from God, then everything they've sown in unrighteousness in this life will visit them for the rest of the life to come. You're sowing a seed, not just for this life, but you're sowing a seed for that short time left for you on this earth when you will walk through the doors and face judgment or life because you believed in Christ. It's as simple as that, my friends. But let me encourage you today... If you're sowing seeds of the kingdom, if you're a gospel sower, because there are times when you think, what is the point? Times when you want to give up. This is why one of the greatest fruits of the Holy Spirit is patience. Or the word is actually macrothumia in the Greek. It was written in Greek. Macrothumia, long or large temperedness. It means the ability, the spiritual ability, to never give up. To keep on keeping on. It's one of God's greatest prizes in a true Christian's life. That a Christian has learned never to give up on God and never to give up on people. I don't know about you, but there's times when I've suffered deeply, deeply, uh, a, a, a sense of despair or, or, or impatience when I'm praying and praying and praying and and nothing seems to be happening. And I feel like, what's the point in praying today? Have you ever felt like that? I've been praying for this for days, for weeks. I've seen no change. In fact, it's got worse. And, and I keep sowing these prayers, keep asking God's kingdom to come, keep believing God, but nothing seems to be happening. In fact, the reverse seems to happen. And the Holy Spirit says, keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. Because the time between your sowing and your harvest is where God gives you character where God gives you character. And then after a while, when you haven't given up, and finally, that seed that you sowed, the way you treated that person, even though they didn't treat you right back, the way you forgave, the way you never gave up on that person, the way you prayed and you prayed, the way you obeyed and you obeyed, and nothing happened. But then one day on this earth, something comes back. God gives you a harvest for the seed that you've sown in his kingdom. And you know, because you've waited for it, you valued it. Things that come too quickly to you, you don't value. The things that I value most in my life are the things I've had to seek God for and wait for. You see, this is the point. We sow, but God gives the environments for that seed to grow and then to come to pass. He gives the environment for the wicked. He gives the environment for the righteous. In due season, it's going to come back on our lives. So, the environment that you're in today, if you're a Christian, the environment you're in today, do you remember when we saw the promise to Noah? It was like seed time and harvest is a principle that will remain until the end of earth, yes? But with that seed time and harvest, there was environment, wasn't there? There was heat, like a lovely hot summer's day, but there was cold, like a freezing February. You see, you need times in your life of heat and warmth. But you also need times of cold, and, and where it's ice cold. And the ice cold is not pleasant like the heat. But you need both if the things that God is trying to do in you and through you are to come to harvest. You need both. You need 
day and night. You need times of day in your life. You need sunshine moments. Thank God for the sunshine moments. Times where everything goes well. Times where God is just giving you a, a time of blessing and he's just saying, here's a season, go and enjoy it. Enjoy it. It's a season. But we also need, and God knows, and he's the author of these seasons, times of night. I don't know about you, but some of the most precious things in my life have been the product of a night experience. I'd never want to go through them again. It was a season, but I, I, I'm so glad I did. You need day. You see, many Christians today, they're day Christians. They think that they're on carnival holiday all the time. They want whistles and drums and carnival. They think that's the way life is. They don't realize seed time and harvest. You can have your carnival times, enjoy them. But know that there's going to be times when it isn't carnival at all. It's wake time, W-A-K-E. It's having a wake. It's a morning. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. But don't worry about these things. If you're in the kingdom of God and following the Lord, he knows the season that's right for you. You don't create the seasons. You just sow the right seed. Now, you can't get a bad harvest from a good seed. You can't get a bad harvest from a good seed. Sorry, you can't get a bad harvest. Yes, you can't get a bad harvest from a good seed. But neither can you get a good harvest from a bad seed. What you sow, you reap. Now, I'm, this is not simply a sermon of do nice things, not bad things. There is a sense in which the principle of sowing and reaping um, is a principle that affects all human beings whatever they believe or whatever they don't believe, because it's set in human nature and the way that God has set up society as well as the created order. But there's something more important than that. The question is, is the seed that you're sowing good seed or corrupt seed? Let me take you back to Mark chapter 4, where we have the sower sows his seed. There's the parable. He's an old-fashioned sower and he's got a big basket of seed. All the seed is equally good. Why? Because it's the seeds of the kingdom of God, principles of life and living. It's gospel seed. And so there he is, all the seed's good. It's not, it's not a basket of bad seed and good seed. All the seed is good. All the seed can produce high quality harvest. So the sower is just throwing the seed out. He's not bothered where it goes. His job's to throw the seed. But some of the seed falls on stony ground. It doesn't produce anything. Some of the seed falls on ground full of thistles that choke the seed. It doesn't produce anything. But some of the seed falls on good, soft, plowed ground. That seed springs up, produces 20-fold, 40-fold, 80-fold, 100-fold harvest. The disciples said, we don't understand what this parable means. What's the seed? What's the soil? And Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable, you won't understand any of the parables of the kingdom. Meaning it was the parable above all parables. And he said, the soil is your heart. If you've got a hard heart against God, you're not going to receive any good seed. If you've got a heart that is throttled by the pleasures and false hopes of this present fallen inferior world that has become, then you're not, you're not going to have any time for God and in your life will see that you don't have time for God. You're too busy sowing another kind of seed. 
But if we get our hearts soft before God, then his seed can produce in us. And it will produce a harvest in our personal life, our family life, our social life, our purpose in life. All of a sudden, we'll begin sowing. God will sow in our hearts and he'll produce fruit. Our lives will change by this harvest. People will say, you're not the same man. You're not the same woman that I have known. And you'll say, no, that's because God's been planting seeds in my life. Seeds of change, seeds of righteousness, seeds of power, seeds of love, seeds of God. I spoke about the different environments that come around our lives that that help us bring the harvest. You know, the environment of hot and cold, the environment of winter and summer, these environments, do you know they can produce two different things in the soil of your heart? The same environment that's meant to produce the harvest of God in your life can also, the same environment, produce a hardening of heart. The very difficulty that you went through can turn you to God and soften your heart. Harvest of change for good. But the same difficulty you went through can turn you from God. How many of us know that out in London today, there's many people that call themselves Christian, but they have nothing to do with church or God. Why? Because something happened to them that they didn't understand. I hear where they're coming from. And they thought, God betrayed me, or it doesn't work. And the very difficulty they went through that was meant to soften them to God, instead they hardened away from God. Let me ask you today, how's the soil of your heart? Also, what is the quality of the seed that you're sowing? Because just as we saw in sowing to the flesh and sowing to the spirit, there are basically two types of lives, two types of living two types of seed that are being sown in this world. One is corrupt seed, and one is the powerful seed of the, of the kingdom. See, when I took you back to Genesis, I took you back to where God said, and it was good, and it was good, and he created this, and it was good. Everything was good, why? Because the world had not yet fallen. Before Adam and Eve fell and rebelled against God, There was no sickness in the world. There was no sin in the world. There was no death in the world. There was no murder in the world. There was no pain in the world. I mean, I don't understand why people blame God for the state of this world. If you want to blame anybody for everything that's wrong with this world, on your way out, visit the bathroom, look into a mirror. I'll do the same. It's you, it's me, it's humanity. Do you really think, if I was God, I would not create the world with cancer in it? Neither did God. If I was God, I would not create the world with death in it. Neither did God. And one day he's coming to return to recreate heaven and earth. And all that are his are never going to have weeping again. There'll be no more sorrow, no more dying, no more sickness. This is what's on its way. There was a fall. There's something wrong with this world. There's something wrong with humanity. The heart of the trouble is trouble in the heart. And all of us were born in sin. All of us were born estranged from God. It's part of the corrupted spiritual seed that went down from Adam by generation by generation. We were all born spiritually disabled and we can only live spiritually disabled no matter how physically or mentally abled we think we are. There's something wrong, there's something distorted at the heart of humanity. It's called sin which means that the best of what humanity can do is still corrupted seed. And what I mean by that is the best that humanity can do without God will not survive 
when God returns. It's got nothing to do with him. But the littlest that's done with God's seed is eternal. And this is why we find that Jesus, when he said to him, he said this about himself. He said in John 12, 24, I tell you the truth, unless a wheat seed is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will provide many new seeds, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Look at that. Jesus came as a seed. He said, just like, a, harvest, just like a, a wheat seed, if that wheat seed remains alone, it'll never produce anything. It just remains. Do you know, a few years ago, they were doing some excavation in Egypt, and they found in, in some of the, uh, the old cellars, uh, like thousands of years old, they found some seed that had remained there, and the conditions had allowed the seed not to corrupt, because it had been like an air vac vacuum. And so these seeds had lain in these like vats for thousands of years, untouched. They took these seeds, they hadn't been planted, they'd produced nothing, and some of the seed that they planted produced. Think of that. Thousands of years, this seed had lied dormant. Well, can you imagine if Jesus came to the earth and hadn't sown his life? You see, a seed produces according to its kind. When a saviour sows salvation, it produces salvation. If Jesus had come to earth as the seed of God and remained on earth and then said, well, I've taught you how to live, taught you what to do, I'm going back to my Father, not via the cross, I'm just going to heaven, then he, the saviour seed, the one saviour seed, would have gone back to heaven. He hadn't been sown, he hadn't been planted, all of us would have died in our sins. But what he's saying is this, is that on the cross he died. He went into the tomb and he rose again. When I take a, um, a, uh, a funeral service for, for someone who's a believer, and we're all by that graveside, and there's that deep uh, thing for the coffin to go in, and it's quite a traumatic time, obviously, because people are saying goodbye to someone that they've loved, and there they are, their beloved one's in the coffin, and it's going to go down into the grave, and that's the last they're going to see of them, this side of heaven, if they're Christians. And the way I tell them it is the way that the Bible speaks about it in Corinthians. I say, listen, as bad as it is that we're going to have to spend a few more years without them, remember, they're a Christian, and this, we are planting a seed when that coffin goes down. That's what happened to Jesus. He planted his seed. He died on the cross, and we are the harvest that came from that when we believe in his name. Not only that, but on the third day, he rose again. And it says in 1 Corinthians 15 that when Christ was raised, he was raised as the first of the harvest, the first fruit. When Christ rose again and he's alive by the, the right hand of the Father, it means that those that die, all we are is a seed. And one day we will rise when he returns. As I finish, let me ask you this. Check your seed and check your harvest. 1 Peter chapter 1.23 says that you can't just change your lifestyle and do better. This is not a sermon about simple morality, try and be nice to somebody, but we're not talking about that. A radical change needs to be taken place within your heart. You must be born again. 1 Peter 1, 23, having been born again, 
not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God. When you believe in Jesus, something has taken place on the inside of your life. When you say, I believe he died and rose for me, and you mean it deep down in your heart, something's happened to you. God has planted a seed of eternal life in your heart. And when you have that seed planted in your heart of eternal life, that seed, as we've just read, is incorruptible. Not even death on earth can corrupt the seed of faith that God's planted in your heart. When you become a believer, I mean a true believer, I mean in your heart of hearts, you know that Jesus is the Son of God. In your heart of hearts, you know he sowed himself on the cross, that all that believe in him could have their sins forgiven and receive a new nature, a new seed, the seed of God, the born-again nature. It's a seed. And when you're a born-again Christian... You say, is there any other type? Someone once said to me, you're not one of those born-again Christians, are you, Bruce? I said, there is no other kind, my friend. There is no other. There's people that do-gooders are not necessarily born again. It is not about reforming on the outside. It's about revolution on the inside. It's not about putting on some sort of outside, try better, do better. Let me tell you something. There's nothing you can try better to be accepted at God. Nothing you can do better to be accepted by God. Why don't you just leave it all and receive inside you a new heart, a new seed that comes from God himself. You must be born again a new nature, a revolution on the inside of you. And then it's time to live out of that revolution. Stop living like the unregenerate. Stop living like you used to, with corruptible seed, producing corruption in other people's lives eventually, sooner or later, and corruption visiting you. Let God inside of you come out of your mouth, your actions, your values, and your decisions. Be a seed sower for the kingdom. Affect your life, those around you, for the kingdom of God. This corruptible, broken down world that does not work, the only hope for it is the seed of God in you and in your heart. God is looking for soldiers of the kingdom. God is looking for seed sowers. People are going to say, there's something wrong, but there's something right inside me. The power of God. Forgiveness of sins. Good news to all those that are in corruptible circumstances. Eternal life. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Check your seed. Check your seed right now. Have you even got the seed of God in life? Are you you operating out of incorruptible seed that doesn't come from God's power? Or have you got God's seed deep down in your heart, but you're not sowing it? You're still living like you used to. What good is that? You might be going to heaven, but you're not bringing any heaven down here. Change. What you sow will come back in this life. You'll get a sample of it. You'll get a sample of it. Some of you have already had a sample of that seed, that corrupted seed living, talking. You've already had a sample of its pain. That is nothing, my friend, to what's coming your way. But some of you believers, you've been sowing good seed. To God and the kingdom and other, you've been sowing good seed and you've been thinking, what use is it? You're going to get a taste. You're going to get a taste. God won't leave you on this earth without witness. You're going to get a taste of that harvest and that is nothing compared to the harvest you're going to reap. 
in the time to come. Is anybody here today, finally, and you said, you know, I, I need the seed of eternal life. I need forgiveness of sins. Jesus died for me. And I have the right to believe in him and receive forgiveness of sins. You can walk out this church today born again with a new seed, a new way of living. It won't change you totally overnight, but the seeds of change will have been planted for you and those around you. And you say, I want that. I want my sins forgiven. I want to walk out accepted by God today. today. Lift your hand right where you are and I'll pray for you. And you can receive that seed. Time will come. Just lift your hand where you are. Pray for you, yes. And for the rest of you, during this moment of reflection, look at your life. The way you're living. What are you sowing? What are you reaping? Take stock. Reflect. There's some decisions to be made that will not only affect your harvest in this life and the life to come, but hundreds and thousands of people that are in your sphere of influence.